Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water. Soft drinks, snacks, and slushies. How about that, Matt, huh? Some slushies. Perfect for Get today and tomorrow. Oh, these muggy days. They have six flavors of slushies. Uh, great job by Corey and the gang, by the way, of replenishing the slushy machine because we had a certain someone went over there and drained it. <laughs> I. Why don't you give it a try? That's the wrong guy to ask, Corey. <laughs> okay. You ever see the movie Jaws about the perfect eating machine? All right. So, uh, <laughs> and not only that, the pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none. All right. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. You can go to sunburymotors.com, by the way. And check out the great lines of Ford, Lincoln, Hyundai, Kia, pre-owned inventory. All at sunburymotors.com. You do the process from the comfort of your own living room. And I believe what Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia is, uh, ha- they're open. That sound right? Um, I think in some capacities, yeah. Yeah, okay. And, of course, the, the service department is fabulous at Summary Motors. J.J. Cooper Baseball America today. Uh, that, and we're going to have Rich Scarcella today here as well. Um, and uh, this is... Um, what's what's happening with baseball? Okay, 
is uh, now you have several um, teams, by the way. For example, I'll give you one: the Dodgers. The jo- Dodgers are have committed to paying their minor leaguers through June thirtieth. Oh, and by the way, so have the St. Louis Cardinals, who of course are affiliated. You know, their minor league affiliate here is the the State College Spikes. Um. So they're committed to doing it. Other, meanwhile, thousand minor leaguers are being told this weekend they're done, and the Mets were among several teams that released minor leaguers as they looked to cut the number of minor league teams associated with each franchise. Among the prospects released by the team was pitcher Andrew Church. We took to Instagram and gave his assessment of the organization's player development efforts and an explanation of his retirement uh, uh, that he came back from last season. A former second-round pick in 2013, the 25-year-old Church called out the organization's handling of his injury, the signing of Tim Tebow, and the toxic culture that has been built in the minor league system. Uh, in the post, Church says that the New York Mets organization had nothing but good things to say about him and appreciated that. But he says that one of the biggest reasons he retired was to keep himself from expressing his frustration and anger at ho- over how the Mets handled his career. Church says he felt that his competitive nature was taken advantage of by the team, knowing that he would never say not to compete and flying me around to fill in for anyone that got injured. Church then points to an incident in which he says the Mets flew him to fill in at a AAA game, and with the flight delayed, he didn't get there in time to warm up. He says that his UCL tore that night, but instead of the organization sending him to see a doctor, Church says the team sent him back to high A to pitch in the playoffs. And then appears to express frustration over the team signing of Tim Tebow in 2016 by saying the organization made a mockery of our team by putting a celebrity on it to sell more tickets. Church's comments continued in the comments of the Post and says that he believes the new player development staff is making strides to be better, but there is still a toxic culture with the Mets. His full comments are below. Baseball has always been the only constant in my life. No matter if I'm active or not, I will always play. It's my release. I asked to be reinstated in 2019 when the new player development regime took over for the Mets. I honestly think that they are making strides to be a better organization. But the culture that has been built for decades within the Mets organization is toxic, filled with snakes and bottom feeders trying to elevate their professional careers at the expense of the players with no remorse. I hadn't pitched in a competitive game in over a year, but they needed a filler because someone got hurt the night before. I took a red eye to be in one stadium, a seven-hour bus trip, another flight, and a taxi to the stadium I would be pitching in. Again, I was in a triple-A baseball game with no worry about my well-being. I lost my drive to perform. Let's see. I lost my drive to perform uh, for an organization who continuously treats us as pawns in their chess game, especially with the ones who are doing it, don't know what it takes to be a baseball player. And some must have forgotten. Ignorance is a scary thing. We see it in mainstream society too often. Ignorance with power and a lack of empathy is, in my eyes, the scariest of all evils. 
Thank you for all the players and coaches who had the passion and drive to empower each other to push the game forward. And then blank you to everyone who wasn't. You have no place in professional baseball. To my future, you know I can't stop, and I get scary when I'm motivated. Watch out, Carve Nation. Uh, first of all, let's get to this. I'm not, I have no comment about the Mets organization other than the people in Brooklyn I've talked to. All right, so and it's a little. It can be a little up and down. Um, but this is this is where it's interesting. Uh, filled with snakes and bottom feeders, trying to elevate their professional careers at the expense of the players. You know that in any group there are, will always be a couple of people. Not all of them, but a couple of people who are like that, and they ruin it for everybody. Um, and something that everybody has to have. Ignorance with power and a lack of empathy, in my eyes, is the scariest of all evils. Well, that's true. And he says, especially when the ones doing it don't know what it takes to be a baseball player. You really do have to know what it takes to be a football player. What does it take to be a baseball player? What does it take to be a hockey player, basketball player, golfer, whatever it may be? You have to understand in media when you're in management what it takes to be a newscaster, what it takes to be a sportscaster, whatever. You have to understand that when you're in these positions. And part of what's going on here, and this is where in baseball, and I've talked about this before, so this is not foreign territory. And the re- I've talked about the analytics part many, many times. Analytics are very, very important and because they give you an additional tool. I didn't say it was the primary tool in the toolbox. I said it's an additional tool. Okay. To me, it is the equivalent of having to making sure that you not only have a straight edge screwdriver in there, you got a Phillips head screwdriver there, and you also have an Allen wrench. Okay. You need all of those. You just don't have, oh, I have a screwdriver, great. Oh, I, wait, okay, what? You need to have an Allen wrench. You need to have a Phillips head screwdriver. It's the same thing with analytics. Analytics are a, happen to be a, a tool an additional tool to help you out when you need it. The problem you have in baseball is that there are some organizations where to them it is the tool. Baseball is making several mistakes that are going to hurt the game long term. Number one, the negotiations going on right now and the fact that it's been toxic. That's one. They have to play this summer. As long as, obviously, look, when I say they have to play this summer, obviously I mean if it's safe to do so. But if we continue on the path we're going on, they need to play this summer. And they need to drop the the premise of in the moment. You're not just playing this summer for the moment. 
you're playing this summer so you can then set up 21, 22, 23, 24, and 25, where if you don't play, you're fighting from behind. If you play this summer, then maybe you can get two expansion teams and replenish some cash. If you don't play this summer, you might be contracting teams that can't survive. Next is that analytics part. In order to cut money, and this is what gets me, this is a business that was worth about 6 to $7 billion maybe 15 years ago. It's worth between 10 and 11 now. So obviously in whatever system you're working in right now, you've been gaining more money. You haven't gone from 11 to 7. Now this particular year you'll go down further than that, just the way it is because of the circumstances. I, I understand that. But I'm talking normally. They've gone from 7 to 11. Yet they're cutting back on scouts. Trying to find prospects. They're cutting back on scouts that are at, at games. And now they want to cut minor league teams. Which inhibits your development. They're going to cut the draft. Might I remind everybody, Mike Piazza was a 40th round pick. Might I remind everybody, when Cooperstown does reopen, you'll see there's a plaque in there with his name on it. But they're going to have five rounds this year. Now, they might get it back to 20 next year. Okay. And they want to cut out levels of minor leagues here. They're cutting out grassroots support. Football passed out baseball as America's pastime in the 60s. And football has not lost their position. They've only strengthened it each decade since. Basketball has passed out Major League Baseball. The NBA gets higher ratings. Their finals are far more highly rated than the World Series. Yet baseball goes along thinking they're still the number one sport in America. At worst, you've got people in baseball who think they're they're no worse than the number two sport. They don't realize how passed out they've been. I mean, the NFL's lapped them several times. The NBA's about to lap them, too. I mean, the NBA's TV deal is $2.6 billion. What's baseball's? Yet all they do is fight. I don't know if a sport could have a worse six months than Major League Baseball has. When Minor League Baseball stopped on Labor Day weekend last year, Minor League Baseball was a vibrant business. And then in November, Major League Baseball decided, no, we need to do something about the vibrant business that, by the way, is producing talent. I've mentioned several times, I can can only speak to State College, so I apologize, I can't speak to Williamsport on this. Uh, But State College is averaging four to five prospects per team per year. They've gone 14 years, they've had the 60 prospects out of here. That's better than four per season. 
So I don't want to hear about, oh, well, you can't really, you know, these levels don't produce a lot of guys. Uh, four per season's pretty good. Yeah, I'm watching the playoffs last year. I'm watching Harrison Bader and Tommy Edmond out there playing ball. Yeah, Jordan Hicks was on the uh, was on the uh, IL. Austin Gomber's out there pitching for them. He's another guy that was here. Come on. I mean, but could a sport in my in, in my opinion could a sport have a worse six months than they have? Every move they've made to this point has been controversial. And the NBA hasn't had a great year either, starting with what happened with the tweet about Hong Kong and then how they handled the situation with China. And then, of course, the tragedy of Kobe Bryant. And now, of course, this. The NBA has the best years, but you feel like they're positioned to get themselves back on track. Baseball, you feel like right now they're circling a fogged-in airport. And if baseball goes out and and doesn't play, if they don't play this year, now I think they will, but if they don't play this year, they will do tremendous harm to their business model. That will have long-term ramifications. J.J. Cooper, Baseball America. We'll talk about the minor league situation in a moment. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket, imports domestics, microbrews, best selection of air anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks, and yes, with all the hot, muggy weather out there, six flavors of slushies. Now that the suit's gone back to work, they've been able to replenish the slushy machine. And the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills, indeed, second to none, all at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And you can go online and you can shop at sunburymotors.com. Very pleased to bring in one of the best in the business who's been a primary source for so many stories dealing with uh, minor league baseball contraction, and that is J.J. Cooper of Baseball America. J.J., thanks so much, A, for the great work, and B, so much for your time today. We hope you and yours are safe and sound. Doing doing as well as we can here in North Carolina. hope the same for you. Thank you so much, J.J. Appreciate that. So as of today... Where they had a meeting on April twenty second at, at I'm, I'm sure it was a Zoom conference or something like that. Mm-hmm. Nothing much really came out of that, uh, which indicates that maybe some progress was made. Uh, what do you know about uh, what, if any, progress has been made between the two sides since then? So 
the problem for minor league baseball right now, uh, you know, there's obviously two parties in this, Major League Baseball, Minor League Baseball, trying to hash out a a uh, an agreement for, for the minor leagues going forward after the season. And and really the problem is is that on the priority list for Major League Baseball, and I would have to say even understandably in some ways, figuring out if there's going to be a 2020 Major League season is the higher priority than figuring out the 2021 minor league season. And so kind of it's been in a kind of a holding pattern because the very same people who are the ones who are involved in negotiations with minor league baseball for major league baseball, uh, Deputy Commissioner Dan Halem, uh, most importantly, are also the same people who are directly involved in the negotiations with the MLBPA. And so as, as I understand it, the best I can understand it from talking to a lot of people, there's not going to be a whole lot of movement on the minor league side until there's a resolution of a 2020 major league season. And there's kind of a hope that by now that would, there would be some resolution. And really, there's not even, not even close to a resolution right now. So I, I don't even have an answer for when the next meeting is going to be because they don't kind of know until they figure out what's going to happen on the MLB side. Which is something we talked about. We thought in the one step at a time thing, the big one is what what do you do with the Major League Baseball season? Then you get to the minors. Uh, Okay, so now let's get to your Wild West column, which I found to be very, very interesting, and I do know it's also very, very accurate. Uh, You're not really supposed to talk to anybody until September 15th. You and I both know what the rules happen to be. But sometimes... If you're in a precarious position, you ask for forgiveness later. Is that what we're seeing right now with some franchises? I don't even know if it's forgiveness. Because so here's the really weird situation that everyone faces right now. That is a absolutely clear in black and white in the current professional baseball agreement rule. There is there are zero guarantees that that will be part of the next agreement, you know, whatever form it it holds. And it is also, if you're getting rid of the player development, the two-year player development contracts, which is how affiliations are set now, if those go away and those decisions are made, which they very well may be, are made, especially on the MLB side, over the next month to two months, well, the really difficult thing here is there's you can wait like you're supposed to, but if you do so and you don't talk to anyone else, <laughs> you may not have any input because you may get to September 15th, and the answer is, oh, by the way, this has already all been settled. Now, since I wrote that story, MILB sent out a letter reminding minor league teams, all of them, or sent an email, I should say, that you know that said you can't do this, but there was also something noteworthy in that. There wasn't any enforcement mechanism at the end of that note. There wasn't any part of it that said, and if you do so, here's what we're going to do. And again, teams are kind of left to their own devices. Okay, so are we better off not doing this? Are we better off doing this? On the MLB side, there's a lot less, you know, there's a lot more clarity because MLB teams know they've been consulted by Major League Baseball asking the question, describe to us kind of your ideal affiliation situation. And so they are, in, in some cases, have no problems reaching out to teams and going, hey, we think you might be a fit because 
to be honest, at the end of the day, they're not, you know, minor league baseball doesn't have really authority over them, so they're not really worried about that. Right, exactly. Uh, when they talk about facilities, which are very important, by the way, it's very important and part of this. There's location is important, but so are facilities. How important is it for the fan, J.J., to realize that when the majors are talking about facilities they want their minors to play, minor league players to be in, it's not what the fans see. It's what the players see on an everyday basis, and it's not what hey, the fans are like, hey, it's an awesome video board. Well, the video board means nothing to a major league team. There are the best way I can put it is there are very different desires, and I, and it, I would even say in some ways, understandably, if you are a major league club, the things that are important to you in facility standards. And again, there are some that revolve about fans. There's facility sure. standards as far as the number of bathrooms you need, the uh, the number of concession space, mm-hmm. you know, seating, you know, has to be. There's all these things, but it is absolutely true on the MLB side. Their concerns are when they talk about improved facility standards. They're talking about covered batting cages so that yep. you know players can can hit even if it, you know, it's raining and you can't get on the field. It's having uh, food preparation areas so that you can provide, nutritionists can provide nutritious food to these minor league players. It's mm-hmm. having, uh, you know, uh, more coaching locker, you know, more coaching clubhouse spaces because there's more coaches now than there used to be and things like that. Those are the things that MLB is concerned about. Now, at the same time, I do think that that kind of polices itself because – they don't need to be talking about a lot of fan standards on the fan side as far as these minor league stadiums because if you're going to run an, uh, a successful operation, the minor league operator is going to take care of that because, yeah, yeah it, uh, the big video board may not be something that the MLB team cares about, but it is something that adds to the fan experience, which hopefully brings more fans to the ballpark. It also gives you a chance as an operator to put sponsorship on there and then video ads and things like that which adds to your revenues. So the minor league operators will generally take care of that part because if they don't, it hurts their operation. It's the weird duality of a lot of these cases where you have a minor league operator who's responsible for putting on the performance, putting on the event, and a major league affiliate, which basically is really kind of almost saying, take care of our players. Well, and see, that's where, for example, you go around who already has that stuff and I'm talking. You know, I mean, I can I can give you the example of State College. Clubhouse is great. Kitchen area is great. They have a weight room right across the hallway from the clubhouse. They've got the indoor batting cages, indoor pitching, the things that the majors care about. And now and then it's allowed the ownership to go out and do everything else in the ballpark because that stuff was already done to begin with. I mean, so that's the you know that's that, that's mm-hmm. what you're talking about. Right. But you got a very interesting situation there, though, because. Okay, when we talk about the likelihood, the high likelihood, and we even see it as I'm reporting on releases today, and we're seeing teams release players that the numbers of which they're releasing is almost like a kind of an advanced warning of this happening next year, that there's not going to be short season and and rookie ball. Well, State College, if it does continue to have, you know, if it moves into full season ball, which is at least, you know, a possibility, but if that happens – that's a difficult scenario there because 
there's going to be, you know, there, it, it's a shared stadium. And there's some overlap. <laughs> yeah. Um, Especially if, you know, if we look down the road at a, uh, you know, a, a kind of a new college model where the college season may move later as well. Yeah. yeah, because as the college model would be right now, the season would be, let's see, first week of April would be the minor league season, and the Big Ten mm-hmm. season would end right around Mother's Day. So that's, uh, that's how that and, would work. Yep. And, and the big problem with that is, is that as much as it is game dates and all, but the bigger problem is practice. Yep. Because if you if if the you know again if the state college minor league team has a game that night, well they kind of need the ballpark for you know really from one but you know let's say from three on well right. then you okay so how's the you know if it's a practice day for the uh, you know you know for the college team how does they how do they get their their practice in in a reasonable time you know it can't be eight in the morning so there, there's a lot of a lot of potential hurdles as you work through. That weren't expected because it's a short season club and a, you know and a college team. You've done a lot of great reporting on this, but there was a very interesting article by Bill Madden in the New York Daily News, and you and I know you know what Bill's reputation is. It's excellent, and he, he inadvertently threw in there because it was a lot of it centered around what Brooklyn was going to do. Brooklyn could be a double A team. The Yankees don't want mm-hmm. Brooklyn to be the Mets double A team, so they wouldn't mind if they were a low A team. Oh, and by the way, he then threw in Hudson Valley, Lowell, State College, and Mahoning Valley, which was very specific. Uh, uh, I know you're well aware of the article. What were your thoughts when you read that, knowing all the research you've done on it? So uh, just to be completely transparent here, I've been very hesitant to name teams on this. I know, yeah. Because, and and here's why. I... I can't say 100% on any of these things, but I have absolutely heard of teams who are on the list, and I've heard of those teams coming off of the list, of the, by the list being the teams that aren't going to have affiliated baseball. And I, But also we know any team that comes off the list means another team goes on the list. Right. And the best way I can put it is, now again, I don't want to, you know, the Durham Bulls where I am, the Durham Bulls are not going to be on this list in any scenario. Right. However, there are so many moving pieces here. You know, one of the things that that I talked about, you know, in that Wild West story is, is I don't know if it means it's going to affect it or not, but there are three teams of the West Coast teams who don't want to play in the Northwest League, which they want to move to low A. Well, maybe they get that resolved, and if they do, that's six. <laughs> that's six clubs that you know are going to be in low A. So that means that six low A clubs have to be cleared somewhere else. Well, but if there's not, if somehow that didn't work out, that's six more sites that end up getting full season ball somewhere else because it's all going to add up to 120 when it's all said and done. And so until that list comes out, until MLB hands over to minor league baseball and says, this is our proposed 120 with here's how the, the, the four leagues will line up and all those things, until that day, and he really even t- until they then agree on a finalized deal, things can happen because every time, every time I try to do the exercise of here's who's in, here's who's out, it comes back to me how complicated this is because yeah. the minute you move one team, all of a sudden it often can affect three, four, five more. Right. And so all that has to happen is one or two teams change where we think that you know they're in, they're not. And then all of a sudden, the whole thing of what we think we know changes again. 
and there are only eight major league teams, by the way, west of Kansas City. So that's that's exactly. something else. So if that, you if yeah. three say no, that's five. Five doesn't give you a Northwest League. Right, and and I think there's been more of a desire to keep. Would it be safe to say that most teams want to keep their minors as close as possible? For the most, most. part. However, yeah. but not all, but not all. Like, again, that's one of the things I've heard with this is, is that I've heard teams who are West Coast teams, but like, you know what? We really like our situation in the Midwest League or the South Atlantic League. And no, we don't really have a need or a desire to change. And hey, some teams would absolutely rather have a far away. Again, if you give me another example, there are absolutely West Coast teams who don't want to be in the California League. <laughs> Right. Well, you kind of need all the West Coast teams to be in the California League to make the California League work. And I think that they're going right. to get forced into there. But right. but there are teams who absolutely, West Coast teams who have paid, bought teams to stay in the Carolina League because they think it's a better development environment. There's a lot of complicated factors like that. And now here's and then one final complicated factor. It's the business model of it. Obviously, without the, with the Miners not playing this year, could you actually get to 120 just through financial attrition from what happens, or better yet, what doesn't happen this summer? Could you actually get there through financial attrition where some ownerships look around and say, you know what, okay, we lost this season, we can't do this anymore? Absolutely a complicating factor, and one that doesn't have an easy answer, because I, <laughs> there, I, I, have, I have had minor league owners not jokingly say. I mean, like, they're not joking about it. There's gallows humor in some ways to it, but they're like, you know what? I, I can't tell you that, every, you know. I, I had one who said, we're in really good shape. I can do, we saved up money, we had reserves, and he said, I can make a cash flow, you know, budget where I feel like I might be able to make it to next April. And the way he put it was, is this a full season team? Is like, I think we can make it. But his point was, is and we're probably in better shape than most. Now, right. there is a bill that just just has been introduced in the House that would offer significant loans to help basically pay rents of uh, you know uh, of teams that that you know that that play in municipally owned stadiums, and so that could potentially provide help. There's a lot of unknowns there too, but absolutely. The problem we, we just talked about. So if there are teams that are supposed to be in that 120 and they can't make it for financial reasons, well, what happens then? Because, again, one possibility is is that you have to find another city. The other possibility is is you have to find another owner because you want to stay in the city and the stadium because these stadiums aren't going anywhere. So I, everyone I ask on that doesn't have a good answer yet. Congress initially wanted to get involved with this, or at least made several uh, serious statements about this. Now, obviously, what they're doing right now in terms of legislation is uh, of greater importance and precedence. Uh, but is there any indication, and is Major League Baseball at all concerned about any legislation from Congress about any of this? I would say currently the answer seems to be no. Okay. It seems to be that... And I think it was always going to be a. a I don't want to. I, I don't want to put this all on. Well, coronavirus happened, because I'll absolutely point out. Like we saw a whole lot of representatives 
U.S. representatives who were all on board on this and all pushing on this. We saw a lot fewer senators. <laughs> and okay. obviously, at the end of the day, you're going to need you're going to need the House, you're going to need the Senate, and then you're going to need the president to, to sign it, or you're going to need a, a, a veto-proof majority. That's a big hurdle. That's that's a big hurdle. And we weren't seeing, before all this happened, we were seeing political pressure. We weren't seeing legislation. And the other tough part about it is, is that, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, they could take away baseball's antitrust exemption, but that was never really a realistic option because right. that would... Minor league baseball fears that more than major league baseball does. Right. So that wasn't really an option. Wow. Okay. Um, gee, I, I want to slip in one more question, and that's this. You know, it's it's some of it's speculative, but this is grassroots. Where in a sport where they're struggling to get the eighteen to thirty-four year old to go. You've got parents that take kids to games because it's affordable, and you're going to lop off 42 markets. Now, Sugarland and St. Paul will make up for it and get it back to 40. But uh, has there been any thought on the Major League Baseball side that, from a marketing point of view, you're doing some harm to yourself here? The key to me, and the key part of all of this, is MLB is adamant. Before coronavirus, after coronavirus, their plan is to have baseball in these cities that are the 40, the 40, 41, 42, whatever that number is. There will still be baseball. It may be summer with that. It may be independent. It may be this dream league. But it's going to be baseball. Now, again, there's a lot to be unpacked with that. Are they? It's one thing to say in 2021 there'll be baseball and then it all folds and it's like, well, we gave it a try. Well, that's not doing anything. But if it is something where there's a long-term viable baseball in these cities, I, I speak from personal experience. I, I, I was covering the Macon Braves in Macon, Georgia years ago, and they lost their team and it went to Rome. Got a new stadium in Rome, ballpark in Macon was old. That took away affiliate baseball. It took away Braves baseball in Georgia. So that was significant. However, there's now a summer wood bat league team there that draws as well, if not better, many nights than the uh, Macon Braves did. And so if it's something like that, I can't say that baseball, that they're, you know, that that's not building baseball fans the same way that the Macon Braves did, but you have to have that happening. It can't just be, Oh, you know, we made a, a try at that for one year and it didn't work. I mean, you're, it, the big question is, is is this going to be a viable long-term plan for these cities to have baseball, or is it going to be a Band-Aid that, that shows that they made an effort and it quickly disappears? JJ, thank you so much for the great reporting, the insight, and for carving out some time for us today. I really appreciate it very much. Happy to talk to you. Have a good weekend. Thanks. JJ Cooper, Baseball America. We will come back. Uh, Rich Scarcella, Reading Eagle, next half hour as we continue here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Brewers Outlet.
Party time, game time, or just fun time. Doesn't matter what time it is, because it's Brewers Outlet time. The Beverage Supermarket has the area's largest beer selection. Imports, microbrews, ciders, and domestics. Pick from over 100 ice-cold 12-packs and dozens of 24-ounce singles. Soda, snacks, hot sauces, fresh roasted peanuts. Make it one-stop party shopping and don't forget the pickle bar. So whatever you're celebrating or just doing it up, Brewers Outlet Reagan Street Sunbury wants to see you. And thank you for your years of patronage.